Welcome to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to hit the subscribe button and find us online at theridgecc.com. At our website, you can catch up with everything that's happening at The Ridge, watch previous messages, and learn more about who we are. If you want to watch services live, you can catch them every Sunday via our online community at live.theridgecc.com. We hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. During the summer between my freshman and sophomore year in college, I was driving back to Oshkosh from Chicago where I'd spent the day seeing friends from college. Well, about halfway into the trip, I feel the car start to lose speed. And so I, I, I pull onto the, the side of the shoulder on the highway and the car slowly glides to a stop. Well, a few weeks before that, I had read this article about always making sure that you had enough oil in the car. And so I went out and I bought five quarts of oil and I put them in the trunk just in case of an emergency. Well, stranded on the side of a busy highway, I mean, I consider that an emergency. So I pop the hood and I dump a quart of oil in it, try to start the car. Nothing. Must need more oil. So I put another quart in, try to start. Nothing. Must need more. Well, finally, after dumping all five quarts in, start. Still nothing. So I call my dad. He drives 45 minutes out to get me. And when he got there, he asked me the dumbest question possible. Did you run out of gas? Did I run out of gas? Come on. Who do you think you're talking to? Sure enough, I had run out of gas. Well, it'd be a few weeks later when my dad changed the oil on my car, that he realized that I would never drive a car that runs out of oil. Well, today we are in episode three of Empower, and our entire series is based on a powerful promise that gives us an incredible vision for our lives that is available to all of those who follow Jesus. And Paul tells us what that is when he writes, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. That promise, it's found in that last part. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Same power, he's referring to the Holy Spirit, which is God's very spirit who lives in you. Many of you are living your lives just trying to get by and get through, and to get by and get through, you're dumping the equivalent of oil into it, but it's not working. But God has given us his Holy Spirit, and he is the fuel, the power that enables us to live empowered lives. And so our single goal of the series is to discover how to walk daily in this power by looking at the life of Jesus, because his life shows us the way to tap into that power. So we're looking at three practices from the life of Jesus that we were meant to follow. Today, we're going to look at the second practice that Jesus lived. For the last four months, I have been seeing a chiropractor. And each time I go into his office, I see this right here, a model of the spine. Now, the spine is amazing. Think about this. One vertebrae, just one of these things is out of place, and it'll negatively impact the rest of how our body functions. And trust me, I have been living with this for years. So I go into the chiropractor and he does what's called an adjustment where he adjusts the particular vertebrae that are misaligned. And the hope is, is that adjustment just brings everything back into alignment because the body works best when every vertebrae is aligned. Now with this image in mind, here's the second practice we see from the life of Jesus. Alignment. Jesus aligned his entire life to the will of his Father. 
Jesus had a will of his own, but he freely surrendered his will to the will of his Father. You see, Jesus knew that like our spine, our life works best when every part of it is fully aligned to the will of our Heavenly Father. Now, here are a few examples of this from, from Jesus' life. One time he said this, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him. And him, he's referring to his Father, who sent me. A few chapters later, Jesus said this. He said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The night before Jesus was going to be crucified on a cross, he prays. Well, more like he wrestles with God. And here's what he prays. My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. And then listen to this last part. Yet not as I will, but as you do. Jesus prays, if there's any way this could go another way, please do it. But if your will is not my way, I'm okay. Even when it didn't go his way, even when it was the hardest path to take, Jesus willingly aligned his life to the will of his Father because he knew it was bigger than him and that he could redeem anything. Now what's interesting is that what Jesus prayed here is the exact way he taught his disciples how to pray. There was this time that they asked Jesus to teach him how to pray. And here's what he said. Most of us know this as the Lord's Prayer. Here, here's how Jesus taught him to pray. He said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then listen to this part here. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. According to Jesus, the purpose of prayer is not to convince God to do our will, but to get ourselves to a place where we do his. Why was Jesus so obsessed with aligning his life to the will of his Father? Well, one reason is he wanted to show us that this is the life we were all created to live. So he not only taught that, he actually practiced it. But the other reason, and this is, goes off with our series, he also wanted to show us that the power of God for our lives is found in doing the will of God in our lives. Many of us don't experience the power of God in our lives, because we want it to accomplish our will, not God's will. One of the most common questions that, that I get asked, and it's such a great question, is what is God's will? And how do I hear his voice so I can align myself with his will? Well, what I want to do with the rest of the time I have left is I want to talk through three things that help us know God's will and hear his voice. But before I do that, let me just address some things about hearing God's voice that have caused, I think, a lot of confusion and frustration. Most of us, when we think about hearing God's voice, we expect God to speak in this like audible voice. It's like, Mark, move to Florida where it's warm, which I, which I wish he would say. But I've never heard God speak to me in an audible voice. Doesn't mean that he can't, but most of the time, God whispers to us. And do you know why? Because when someone whispers to us, don't you think about this, what do we do? We lean in closer to hear them. God whispers because he wants us to lean closer to him. And so these, these are things that we talk about. They will help us hear God's whisper into our lives. Another thing with hearing God's voice is that people have often used this to manipulate and to take advantage of people. And so if you're around someone 
and they constantly say things like, well, you know, God said to me and God spoke to me, be very careful. Hearing God's voice and knowing God's will are about knowing God more, not about manipulating or taking advantage of people. Finally, if this feels awkward or even weird to you, it's very normal. I want to encourage you to be willing to just move into that awkwardness and weirdness because this takes time and it takes practice. So three things to hearing God's voice. Here's the first one, the scriptures. The scriptures are the most important way for hearing God and knowing his will. Now we see this through the life of Jesus. The best example of this is when Jesus was tempted by Satan. So here's kind of the background. Jesus was in the wilderness. He was very hungry because he had been fasting for a long period of time. And so he was in an extremely vulnerable position when Satan posed three temptations. Now here's what Jesus didn't do. He didn't stop and he didn't pray for God's guidance on what he should do because God's will already had been revealed in the scriptures. And so what does Jesus do? Jesus responds to each temptation by quoting what the scripture said about each temptation and then Satan eventually leaves. The same source of guidance and power is available to us too. I think this is why that research shows that daily reading of the scriptures is the number one catalyst for spiritual growth. We can't align our lives to God's will without this. Now, let me tell you one of the reasons the scriptures are so important. There are two categories of God's will in our lives. There is God's general will and God's specific will. God's general will, it's the same for all of us. And so God's will for how we manage our money, how we uh, treat other people, uh, how we approach marriage, how we approach our work and friendships, the call to be in community with other Jesus followers, forgiving those who have, who have wronged us, just to name a few, it's the same for everyone. And God's general will is found in the scriptures. Uh, years ago, I had a guy approach me and he, here's what he said. He said, God is leading me to divorce my wife and to get together with this other person. And so I asked him, I said, did your wife have an affair on you? No. Did she leave you? No. Did she abuse you in some way where your life is in danger? No. I'm just not happy and I know God wants me to be happy. Now I knew for a fact that God wasn't leading this person to do this because the scriptures are very clear in adultery. God's will in this situation? Stay and fight for your marriage. God's general will is the same for all of us, and it's found in the scriptures. But then there's God's specific will. These are things that are specific to God's will for our individual lives. For example, I have this job opportunity, but I would have to move. What's God's will? Should I marry this particular person? What college does God want me to go to? Now, we'll deal more with God's specific will within these next two things. Now, before we go on to the second one, I love what James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote about the scriptures. He wrote this. He said, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law, and he means the scriptures, and he calls it perfect. And here's what he calls, that gives freedom. And you're like, freedom? I thought it was restricting. I thought it took the fun out of life. God's will always leads to freedom and then continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. It's not just something we put up here in our head, but it's something that we live out. And here's the result. 
they will be blessed in what they do. You know what blessed means? It means the supernatural favor of God. That it means that God's power is at work. You know, if you aren't reading the scriptures on a daily basis, I can't encourage you enough to start to make that a daily habit in your life. Below is a link with some reading plans so you can start making this a habit in your life. Well, that's the first way is the scriptures. The second way is the internal promptings of the Holy Spirit. That God speaks to us directly from his spirit, or it's what the scriptures refer to as God's small, still voice, or as I referred to earlier, as God's whisper. There are times when God's spirit speaks directly to our spirit, and that spirit is just that, that deepest part of us. Here's what Paul, here's what he said about this. He said, the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God. And then listen to this. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. Now notice that last part. God's not trying to hide His will from us. He wants us to know what it is. One of the main ways that we hear the Spirit's prompting is through prayer. Most of the time that my wife Donna and I have heard the small still whisper or the small still voice of God is when praying. When my wife and I started the process of trying to adopt kids, it was just a really dark season for us as we weren't sure if we were ever going to have a family. Well, one morning as Donna was praying, she felt this strong impression. And so she said, hey, Mark, I felt like God was saying to me that we would adopt twins someday. And I'm thinking, what? Two at once? And I started to pray, hey, God, I pray she misheard you. Well, a year later, we were having lunch with the head of an orphanage in Taiwan. And just out of the blue, he says, I have twin boys that are ready to be adopted if you're ready to adopt them. <laughs> Without even asking, Donna yells, yes! Well, how do we know that it's God's prompting or it's not just our own conscience speaking? Well, it's such a great question. God's whisper is always gentle, encouraging us in the direction of what is good and right. And his voice will never contradict what is written in the scriptures. Well, God is leading me to divorce my wife. That's not God's voice. That's your voice telling you what you want to hear. So the second way is the internal promptings of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the third way. Circumstances. You know, for most of us, our tendency is to think our circumstances are the most important way God speaks to us. But the problem with that is, is that we aren't that good at interpreting our circumstances. You know, I would bet that, that you have a story where something didn't turn out the way you wanted it to. And at the time, uh, you were probably mad at God. You wanted to walk away from God. You doubted his existence or if he loved you at all. Then you fast forwarded two weeks or two years and you were so glad God didn't answer your prayers or that things didn't turn out the way you wanted them to. You know, we tend to think this. We tend to think things turn out the, the way I wanted them to. It must be God's will. Or they didn't turn out the way I wanted. So it must not be God's will. You know, I mentioned earlier that my wife and I adopted twins. 
Now, before that, we had tried for years to have kids biologically, and for reasons that we actually still don't know to this day, we couldn't. Well, it would have been really easy for, for both of us to conclude, well, we can't, so it must not be God's will for us to have a family. But we know what the scriptures say about God's love for unadopted kids. And uh, I told you about Donna's, you know, sensing the internal prompting from the Holy Spirit. So we began to pursue adoption, just trusting it was God's will. And you know what? The rest is great history for us. God often communicates his will through our circumstances. But the best way to discern if it's God's will or not is going back to the first two. Does it line up with what the scriptures say? And line up with the internal promptings of his spirit. And so that second practice, alignment, with that in mind, let me ask you, what's one area of your life that's not aligned to God's will for your life? One area. And here's the thing. Do we all have more than one? Yes, we do. Because we are all a work in process. But I just want you to pick one. And here's the thing. You probably know what it is already because you have maybe heard a message on it recently or someone in your, in your Ridge group said something about it. Or you were, you were reading the scriptures and you just felt this tugging at your heart and you just brushed it off altogether. So what's one thing? And then here's the second question I want to challenge you with. What is one step you can take to align your life to God's will? Maybe it's break up, get help, quit drinking, see a counselor, tithe, serve, get into a group, get baptized, forgive, ask for forgiveness, move out. And here's the thing. If you're really struggling with this, you are exactly where you need to be because this is a battle of wills. And this battle is often hard and difficult. It's not easy and it's not quick. So if it's hard, don't leave the struggle, which is our tendency to do. Instead, lean into it. If you want to experience the same power that raised Jesus from the dead in your life, like Jesus, You have to align your entire life to God's will. And when you do, like our spine, you will discover that life really does work best when every part of it is fully aligned. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you that um, through the life of Jesus, we see the life that we were created to live. And as we talk about this idea of alignment, aligned fully, to our Father's will for us. God, uh, we come to you and we know that we struggle with this. And uh, we know we need help with this. And so, Father, I thank you that uh, you want to speak into our lives, leading us in this whole process. And Father, I I pray this week that we would have the courage to uh, begin to open ourselves up to just your will for our lives and you to speak into our lives. Whether it be start reading the scriptures or reading the scriptures more, whether it be to, to listen more to the internal promptings, of your spirit, trying to whisper into our lives, or Father, just circumstances that are happening around us so that you would give us fresh eyes to see what you might be trying to tell us about how to align ourselves with you. And Father, as we know that the body works best when everything is fully aligned, so does our life when we're fully aligned with you. So what is that one area, God? Help us to have the courage to step into that and not only step into it, but then to take the steps necessary to get ourselves aligned with you. And and we do that. We know we will begin to experience more of that power 
of the empowered life. And we thank you for it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rich Community Churches podcast. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to host you at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more about our kids' and students' environments, visit us at theridgecc.com. That's theridgecc.com.